The it, complete guide to Termina. Yeah. Oh, what? Did you want to say I, something? No, I was, was going to intro the podcast, but then you also introed the podcast. We double introed the podcast. No, I introed it and you said, hey. That. And you got cut that, off. That. So tell us what you were going to say. I was going to say, hi, welcome to the podcast, complete guide to Termina. Okay. And I am Zach and that's my friend Ryan. No, you can't. Somebody's going to actually get messed up when you do that. And no, they're not. (laughs) Write into the podcast and say, Ryan made a joke and I thought it was for real. And I think I'm talking to Zach now. Maybe. If that happened. You ever ever do that with like a, like radio programs? You ever listen to like a radio, like a radio program with two hosts who never refer to each other by their names, but you know, their names are like. Uh, the specific Click and clack. Mark and Brian. Yeah. I don't remember which one's which. Well, and you don't really have to. I guess that's true. You don't know need to know which of us is Ryan and which of us is Zach. The thing is, so few people listen to this that you don't get those edge cases of I just happened to listen to episode twelve first. And so I got confused. I mean, if this like is- if we were even a moderately popular podcast with a hundred listeners, and there was a one percent chance of that happening, then we'd have one dumb listener. But we don't. We have twelve listeners. I, I mean, like if this episode becomes like the best episode we've ever done, I'd start plugging it. Well, so far that doesn't seem to be a problem. That's we're going rude. To rude. Today's episode is about. Snowhead, the yeah. dungeon of the north part of Majora's Mask. And like the Snowhead itself and the leading up to it yes. a little bit. It's interesting. I When I listen to the podcast, I notice how often I say the word interesting. And today's interesting thing is how the name Snowhead, I guess like the name Woodfall in the south, seems to apply to the entire region, but also... This region within the region, but also this dungeon or landmark within that sub-region. So yes. you could say that the whole north part of the uh, map is Snowhead, or you could say that only that dungeon is Snowhead, whatever. I mean, I like to think that there's a kind of a precedent, because you've got Death Mountain, right? Okay. Which in Ocarina of Time is like a discrete mountain itself, but like... In other iterations, it's kind of just like a mountain range. Um, yeah. Especially in LOZ, it's hard to tell what Death Mountain is <laughs> in LOZ. I feel like there are two discrete, like, peaks in Link to the Past. Well, yes, and definitely two distinct peaks, and I can never remember whether Death Mountain is in the light world or the dark world neither can nintendo well uh let's let's start out by walking up the road out of the mountain village there's a section that is called snowhead trail i think that makes sense and it's kind of just a sparse like race course style area that you can use your newfound goron abilities to traverse yeah it's a a uh, pacing traversal area uh, just so that the big dungeon isn't right next to the kind of hub area and you have to be a Goron and zoom off some sweet ramps 
to get some airtime and uh, go up the trail that way. Yeah. As a rolling, bouncing guy. Yeah. You don't get to do that too much in this game, but this is like very much like, a, okay, you got this, so figure out how this works, feel it yep. out. They uh, put a little puzzle here for a piece of heart that you can see. Like the first time you come here, you're like, there's a piece of heart over there. What the heck? How do I get that? Uh, but it has. A, there's a lot of steps to get this particular piece of heart. It's uh, complicated. Because for one thing, oh, unless I'm misremembering, there's like two jumps, two Goron jumps in quick succession. And you have to stop in between them, right? Yeah, and it's uh, it not not difficult, but it is real easy to just keep going past it. Yes, I was thinking about this kind of location or this kind of puzzle. I think that this is like, uh, they probably have a name for this at Nintendo, the way they use it, where they create geography that you are, um. It's designed for you to just zoom through it. Um, but they put a secret in a place where you have to stop where normally you would zoom by. And usually it's like between two jumps or two uh, obstacles that you want to just get past as fast as possible. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yes. Uh, but it's not enough just to stop in this middle of the highway. You then have to get out your lens of truth, right? Yes, because you can see the piece in the distance, and then you have to remember that the lens of truth lets you see invisible platforms in that other part of the mountain. And now they're also here. And So you jump across a bunch of invisible platforms using the lens of truth, but then they don't go all the way to the little island where the piece of heart is. Disappointingly, they do not. And so, so what do I do now? You have to call for help. Yes. You have to use the Scarecrow song, which I don't think is required for any other heart. Oh, no, I can think of one other one. Uh, it gets used like twice in this game, though. Yep. Um, use the Scare Scarecrow song. And then, of course, just zoop over to the Scarecrow with your hookshot, which you don't have. <laughs> right, right, right. So a lot, a lot of missing a lot pe of pieces. A lot, a lot of moving pieces. I like these. Uh, I like these invisible ice platforms. I feel like a Kaizo version of Majora's Mask would do some devious things with them. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't play that. Oh, gosh. I would watch somebody play that definitely, but yep, I would not definitely. play that. No. Um. There's nothing else to say about this trail area. Is nothing. There? We got to move on to the next area, which is Snowhead. I call this the approach. Okay. To distinguish it from the dungeon. Okay, I like that. We're at the approach to Snowhead, and there is a narrow ice path over a huge pit. And up ahead is the weird. Doesn't look like a mountain peak. It looks like a, uh, like a stone tower of sorts something that has been built up rather than a natural formation it's like a big icy spire but obviously a the, spire is a great way of putting it it's got kind of the general shape of a freezer which is an enemy that's also in the, uh, yes yeah. yeah 
um, and it blows ice at you like a freezer. Yeah. So what's up with that? Is this the freezer dungeon? Does each enemy type get its own dungeon that looks like a big version of that enemy? That's almost certainly not true. Uh, Is this what happens when a freezer turns like a thousand years old? Ooh, yeah. The, the That's el- what happened. The in elder, Termina. the elder freezer, the snowhead. Yes. Um. No, actually, the uh, when you approach and like it's blowing icy wind at you, so you can't walk across the bridge. Um, Tattle says, "Hey, can't you see that in the cloud? There's something up there, up ahead." And if you take this as a hint to use the lens of truth, then you can see it's actually Bigoron sitting in front of the tower, blowing ice somehow. Bigoron is very talented. I guess. He can, like, he's a master smith. He can blow ice. Mm. He can chew on your shield to turn it into a mirror shield. Which game is that? Uh, That's Minish Cap. I think he's part really? of a. Tra- yeah. I don't remember that. I think he's part of a trade sequence in, uh, what you call the oracles, but I've run out of big Oron information. Okay, yeah, he uh, he's great. I like to think that any Goron who lives long enough will turn into a big Oron. You think that's true, but abs- actually not. He was just that oh. big from 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 baby. Oh, okay. Something about that is <laughs> kind of rankling at the back of my neck. It doesn't seem like... Well, no matter. Um, what are we going to do about Bigoron, who used to be a nice guy, is now blowing ice at me? Well, you can't blow... Everybody knows you can't blow ice when you're asleep. Oh, of course. And the Goron lullaby makes Gorons fall asleep. So play that song, and he keels over and just falls into the bottomless pit, never to be seen again. And he's... Actually, yeah. um, I think that he he does come back, and he is just standing in the pit uh, for you to talk to him. Yeah, he's fine when he falls into the pit. He, not like Dermani, who died. Oh, that's right. Poor Dermani. He says to you, uh, if you're not being Dermani, he says, why am I sitting in a place like this? If you are Darmani, he says, Darmani, what in the world have I been doing this whole time? I can't remember a thing since I went out to look around Snowhead to figure out why spring wasn't coming. What am I doing sitting in a place like this? So he just like, he came out here and was cursed by an imp, I assume, to blow ice at anyone who approached. Weirdly specific curse, but okay. Or, well, like, non-specific, we... I guess. <laughs> um, a weird curse. Yeah. Uh, now that he's gone, we can roll over to Snowhead. Uh, this, like, little trip as Goron rolling is tough, right? It's non-trivial, yeah. Uh, I've fallen off this plenty of times. It's very narrow. Um, and I actually find it easier to, as Goron Link, walk. And when a, a big snowball comes near me, I punch it out of the way right as it shows up. And, like, sometimes the snowball hits you, but that's less frustrating than 
falling victim to the kind of flaky controls of rolling Goron Link and like spinning off the side. Yeah, that's fair. Then you, when you get to the spire, you have to roll up a narrow ramp around it, which is also difficult. And there's some the, wolfos here. There's some wolfos for you to punch as with your big Goron fists. Um, again, wolfos are supposed to be mini bosses, but here they are minor inconveniences during a traversal segment. They uh, put the fairy fountain is at the base of the spire. Yeah. And it's hidden in a really cool way where, like, unless you're lost or looking carefully at the map, uh, you're not going to just come across this entrance to the fairy fountain. It's very good. Oh, I... I Now I'm trying... Now I'm thinking about that because I didn't have any difficulty finding it, but also is that just something I've interred over the years... Yeah, I I never have. Well, maybe I had trouble like remembering in the moment where it was, but it see it it feels like a like an obscure place. It's not like Woodfall where you literally just see the cave entrance while you're walking around. Right? Yeah, that's fair. Um, in the Nintendo sixty four version, this great fairy has the magic meter upgrade. In three DS. It's the Great Fairy of... I forget which... Great the uh, Great Fairy, fairy of Central. Power in the 3DS that has With the, the spin updated attack. spin attack. Updated? Yes. I sh- that should have yeah. said upgraded. But I wrote updated as if it was like a firmware update for yeah. Link. Minor bug fixes. Text improvements. Yeah. I realized that the the reason they made this switch was just to give you the double magic meter earlier on because the game uses the magic meter so much and particularly when you're being goron link and you need magic to do all your cool stuff that is a much less fun with a smaller magic meter what was i watching recently oh i was watching somebody stream link to the past uh randomizer and they were both like they were like yeah like they should just give you more magic and let you use it as a resource in a way that Zelda's not about. Well, and, but that's what and, they did and in do, Link Between Worlds. Yeah, well, Link Between Worlds is a little bit different because of re- hmm? what do you mean? Oh, well, okay. I I'm saying it's good that they give you the magic early in this so that you have more magic to play with. Okay, with your fun toys of but. The streamer you're watching seems to be saying they should do it like they do it in. Oh, no, they were saying like they should just make the half magic by default. Oh, okay. Which is in Link to the Past, it's presented as half magic instead of a double magic meter because they're doing right. the, the cheeky thing. Um, The thing is, it it really depends on how much you're expecting the player to use magic. Yeah. Um, it's not a resource in the same way as like a action game would use it, where you're like really reliant on having to use it all the time. But you can be is the thing, but like that's, but Zelda games are never that difficult. Okay. Okay. I think is the difference there. 
Um, I guess I was playing Tunic recently. Okay. And uh, it has. I guess it's like, for one thing, it's much more. um, It has it's, it's being like a Zelda and so it has some magic items. But one thing is your equivalent of the like the fire rod that shoots a little fire out. Um, it tells you how many shots you have left. So you have your magic meter, but you also have just this very plain indicator of how much you have. Left. Whereas with, you know, all these Zelda games, you just get a, a single gauge that doesn't really tell you how much magic you have left in right. a useful way. Um, And it made me think about that resource, I guess. I, uh, let's not get into it. Okay. We should go into the temple. Yeah, let's enter the dungeon. It's cool. That's it's true. It's cold. It's an ice-themed dungeon. It's an ice-themed dungeon that also has some lava. Yes. Yes, we are. And I in, think that's genius. We are on the Nintendo sixty four. Let's go. <laughs> um, Where's the entrance? There's the entrance. The uh, the decision to have some lava, I think, is really smart because, for one thing, it shows like it shows off Goron Link's superpower of walking in lava, but it also. Uh, I think that when you have a theme like ice, it's very helpful to uh, have some sort of contrast with that theme. Not necessarily in the super opposite way of there is ice, but there's also lava. But when you do that, it makes the theme stand out by having something to contrast against. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think that's very smart. There's a gosh, we don't want to go around in like talk about each room. We didn't do that with the other. No, it's a bad way to do that in this game. Uh, I can talk about things we like about it or things yeah. we were notable about it. Um, the big thing is that there's like a central chamber that goes through, I guess, the center of the whole mountain. Um, at one portion of that, you've got a bunch of doors that are color coded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are actually color-coded in the 64 as well. I went and checked. So that's actually, like, good good, good game design Nintendo from the get-go. So happy. I guess. You don't like I it? Mean, no, well, I can see what they're going for, but something about it, uh, the color-coding never actually helps me. It helped me playing because okay, I was getting lost in this dungeon, which we should talk All about right. when we get a little further <laughs> Yes, the there at the that especially that one main level of the central room. There's so many doors going off in all kinds of directions that it's impossible to tell what like which one you want to go through, and so having them be color coded is essential. But like still for me, it's confusing. It helped me a lot. I uh, guess I should try harder to care about the colors. No, you're just better at the game than me. You, you That's don't, true. You you can brag. It's okay. Okay. Uh, there's, let's see, I put icicle rooms, weird switch puzzle room, which room is that? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that like backy forthy puzzle. That's a where good. You've got a <laughs> Goron stomp to raise a platform, and there's a timer. Um, they do a lot of cute little um, uh, puzzles around the central puzzle, which is good. There's uh... certain rooms. Okay. Uh, certain rooms seem again like they could have been designed for a 2d game that i was gonna say we're, we again have those stair transitions that are straight out of a 2d game mm-hmm. um and a lot of the individual stuff obviously there's like up and down in the room but like link to the past had up and down in individual rooms as well yeah um on the other hand the central puzzle should we talk about the central puzzle? Yes. Uh, the central puzzle is you hit a switch and a big column goes up the middle of the central area. And then you have to manipulate this column by punching out sections of it to make it get shorter so that you can walk across the top at different levels. And I cannot imagine how... Like if we're if we're entertaining the hypothesis that uh, these dungeons were designed for a two D Link to the Past looking game, I cannot imagine how you you start out with something in two D and you end up with this. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. And I, to be fair, I don't think the hypothesis is that they were thinking like these aren't leftover designs or anything from a two D game. I just think that it has. Well, I was kind of. I I was entertaining that uh, hypothesis. Okay, I I refuse to entertain. Okay. Um. Kind of like this podcast, am I right? Oh, jeez. Uh. No, I think like. I wonder if these were more charted out before they started working on them compared to the ocarina of time dungeons which definitely felt like they were like their first time working with a 3d oh like maybe the the ocarina of time dungeons were developed organically in engine yeah and then these were like drawn out to some extent beforehand that's an interesting idea something like that i don't know maybe maybe um the the central puzzle that we've just described is obviously like a sequel or 2.0 on Eagle's Tower from Link's Awakening, right? Uh, I suppose. And I think that, well, okay, that's my position is that they were like, well, we'll do Eagle's Tower, but we'll do it in 3D and we'll do like a cooler, more complicated version of it. I think that... um it is less elegant than that version. Oh, certainly. Um, Eagle's Tower, while not being as impressive in certain ways, has uh, is so much less fiddly and tellingly never needs a reset button the way that this puzzle does. Because if you punch the wrong sections out, then you need to... Uh, <laughs> like get rid of the column and then start it up again um which i 
they can't like be glad that that's how the puzzle works right you in a game that's supposed to have a level of immersion you don't want the dungeon puzzle to be like so explicitly like helping the player out in a puzzly way it doesn't feel good to have to have a a reset like option on the table because that it's designed that way zelda's not generally something where you have to want to have to have to reset Mm. a puzzle i think yeah that's probably not completely true there's probably like block pushing puzzles that you could probably put oh yeah all kinds of blocking block pushing puzzles that make you leave the room and come back i guess yeah but they don't (laughs) that's not like desirable no no and like obviously there there are definitely puzzle games that exist where you walk into a room and there is a reset switch on the ground because that's the kind of game that is yeah but zelda i think tries to stay away from that well because on some level we're supposed to believe that this snowhead temple is a temple a structure built by like real people for some like non-game purpose yeah it's a much more naturalistic approach yeah and so it it feels very like fake i guess gamey more than naturalistic to have this this central puzzle being something that you can mess up and have to restart um yeah can we talk about enemies okay uh, I want to talk about my friend Wizrobe. Wizrobe is here. Wizrobe, that was my note. It says Wizrobe is here. <laughs> uh, this is his 3D debut. Yeah. And he's different now. He is he's different this time. <laughs> from being just uh, uh, like a cloak shape that appears and disappears to a mini boss who has his face exposed and he is this wizened blue man. Um, who like dances around and shrieks yeah he went from a wizard man to like he went from like a a final fantasy black mage yeah to a goblin man with a big staff Mm -hmm. which i like the big staff and i like his his general vibe but this is a definitely like this is the only time they really use this cut this is yeah this is the most um he becomes a bird. What. He becomes a bird later on. In Wind Waker, when he's being a bird, he has a lot of this guy's energy. Okay, it's been a while since I played Wind Waker, so I was trying to remember. Because, like, the bird version will spin around and squawk and uh, be theatrical and not, like, appearing and disappearing like L.O.Z. Wizrobes. Uh, I mean... It, he does appear and disappear, but in a much more, <laughs> you know what I mean. In a much easier to program way. <laughs> the, um, this Wizrobe is both mini bosses for this dungeon. Yeah, he's in two different the, places. The Majora's Mask structure is to have a mini boss who guards the dungeon item. And then to use that dungeon item against the second mini boss who guards the boss key. In this case, both those mini bosses are the same Wizrobe, 
who you kill once to get the ice arrows or sorry fire arrows and then you kill him again with the fire arrows and it's kind of an odd choice on some level maybe you wish that there were another mini boss to have some more variety but it shows off in perhaps a slightly subtle way that you can uh the fire arrows do more damage you have a reason to use those not just for puzzles but because you can kill things easier and that might inspire you to use the fire arrows on all those freezards yeah it's the excited to see the fire arrows again Mm -hmm. um there are also some dinosaurs foes who are not oh yeah they're already not in uh mini boss yeah position but you get to fight them and they're cool so now they've been downgraded from mini boss as well yeah uh there's also uh, a room full of the anno guys or anno, oh, yeah. which uh thank you locathor for dming me the correct pronunciation because if it was eno it would be ino in japanese oh okay so they're annos brian Eno. yeah i guess if we i i I kind of want to spend some time talking about my experience playing through this dungeon. Do it. Uh, because, uh, boy. Um, when, you, when you do a dungeon in Majora's Mask, you usually like to start fresh with a new cycle, right? Sure. Uh, I did not do that. I, I Oh, okay. I started about a... Maybe not an entire day behind, but like most of a day behind. And I was like... Ah, it'll probably be fine. And, uh, maybe this- Did you slow time down? Yes, of course. Okay. Maybe this dungeon, more than any dungeon I'd forgotten, is, uh, what I learned. Because then playing the other dungeons, I definitely remember those ones better than this. And so I struggled trying to figure out what direction I was supposed to go and, Mm. uh, how I was supposed to solve the puzzle, like the central puzzle and stuff. I didn't run into any problem that of having to reset anything, I don't think. Um, okay. But I think I also just started to, like, abuse the fact that I could get up high and then jump down to, like, subvert some parts of it. Oh, sure, sure. Um, definitely struggled with, like, the room with the switches. Somehow. The one that I was talking about earlier with the timer. yeah. I definitely okay. struggled with that room, like, not entirely understanding every part of that puzzle. Um, anyway, so I got to, like, I, I, I got through it. I'm getting real close to the end of, or the dawn of the, the final, you know, the, mm-hmm. the end of my time in Termina. And I'm like, okay, this isn't so bad. I can beat Goat. Goat's not going to be a problem. I realized I had like i was down like three fairies oh and i'm like oh no am i gonna be able to get all the fairies in one go and so i beat goat Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is agonizing because that's kind of a long boss if you're uh you know we'll talk about it we'll talk about it in a minute and i had like two in-game hours or something just impossibly short amount of time. Uh-huh. And I 
like pause the game look up where the uh fairies are at yeah yeah oh no that's what happened yeah one of the fairies is like in an alcove in the central ca- in the central yes. chamber that yes. you are supposed to help get get friend from your get help from your friend Pierre to collect mm-hmm. well, I didn't have time to go back and uh recruit my friend Pierre yeah so I simply got up top and then kept jumping down yep yep <laughs> And I'm doing this. It's the last one I need. And I'm doing this, watching my timer just get lower and lower. The moon is about to hit. The moon is about to hit. And Link is still inside of Snowhead Temple, desperately trying to collect a fairy. Cool. I got it. Oh, my gosh. I got it. You got to the great fairy. I got back. I might not have been two hours. I forget. But it was like a very, very stressful amount of time remaining and i got to that fairy and i turned it in and got my reward and did not have to do it twice but let me tell you you beat goat on that same cycle yes wow it was extremely stressful gosh good job listener please just start a new cycle when you start a dungeon for my sake okay a lot of a lot of different things going on i want to say because I like I realized something to synthesize a couple of the other points. When okay, you talk good. about being uh having trouble navigating. Yes. When you talk and the need for color-coded doors. Yes. I think what might have happened was uh if they designed this dungeon on paper and in a like 2D drop, top-down kind of, you know, paradigm you don't need to worry about like the circular room having a bunch of exits that you can't tell apart because you're always oriented north at the top. Oh, yeah. And so I think if they like built this dungeon this way on paper like that, then when they implemented it in 3D, they've got this camera moving around. They realized that you don't always know which way is north. The compass uh, doesn't actually work that way. Uh, no, it does. It's well, it kind of, I mean, you can use that, but (laughs) no one never does. (laughs) So that, you know, that is, uh, I'm, I'm getting into the head of the people making these dungeons. Secondly, about the great fair or no, about the stray fairies and about doing a dungeon in a single cycle. Now on my recent playthrough, I was not intentionally not slowing down time right yeah to give myself more fun yeah 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 which is normally if you want to have more fun you do slow down time but not in this game in that run i would do the run or do the dungeon and try to get all the fairies and inevitably fail and then come back and real quick do all the fairies on the next run um so i guess i was incorrect when i said oh yeah of course you do it all in one run i wasn't thinking about the straight fairies that fairy that you're supposed to get with Pierre the Scarecrow. Yeah. You didn't mention that it's in an alcove that you can't see into because it's behind a fake wall. You have to look through the lens of truth to see in there. Yes, that's true. I had to, I, I was so desperate in my, 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 
short amount of time that I was looking this up online because I'm like, no, I'm not going to do this again. <laughs> and that's the only way I would have known it was there. Um, they try to hint that there is a, like a secret area in there by having snow on the wall that's like spilling over a ledge that isn't there. And so you're like, why? You're supposed to think, why is there snow there? Let me look through my lens of truth and see through the wall. Yeah. But the game never trains you to use the lens of truth that way. It, Zelda has never been a notice this little detail game. It's more about noticing that a wall has a bunch of cracks in it. And so, like, it might have been a poor decision to... Um, hide that stray fairy there depending on how much they expect you to find all the stray fairies right it's it's such a bonus thing that like i totally i think it's a perfectly fine design choice it's just a design choice that uh i was very stressed about which i guess is also the intention so good job the thing is you when you said you're supposed to use pierre to get in there i thought oh because i never I always, like, float in with Deku Link and have your experience. I assumed that that was the intended experience because I couldn't figure out that you were supposed to summon a Scarecrow. I don't know that I knew that until when I was looking up stuff uh, for this time. Tattle will go over there and turn blue, which is supposed to be your clue that there's a Scarecrow there. And I guess that's also your clue that there's something going on there. I... Uh, we shouldn't... Uh, I mean, like... I, I like understand that that's a, been a tell since Ocarina of Time, but it's such a bad tell because the fairy will go and highlight all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. If if that fairy were more reliable, then you could do that, like the way they use um, Link's eyes in Wind Waker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's you, a much. If you make sure that he focuses on something worth focusing on all the time, um, maybe that's not a great example. Does link ever like focus on something well it's not like link it, link's eyes in wind waker are not darting back and forth like he's <laughs> you know on meth and wondering when he's gonna get caught the way that um uh navi will in ocarina of time yeah just fly all over the place um so that's a messed up puzzle lots to say about that what was the other thing that I wanted to say about your experience? I think maybe we got through everything and now we want to talk about goat. We Does should probably talk sense? about goat. Okay. Good name. It's descriptive. Yeah. But it looks like the word goat, G-O-H-T, is very good. Yeah, it's a good name of a fantasy goat. Yeah. A robot um, goat. And he's a cool-looking guy. He's a big, weird goat with, like, a human face. I'm looking at pictures Robot. of goat. It's good. Um, he's frozen when you when you meet him. Yeah, you gotta use those fire arrows to defeat him. Because like, you how, need how, to use the dungeon item. How do, how, how, do we, how do we implement the dungeon item in this boss fight? Uh, he's, uh, the guy's frozen. Great. Yep. Done. Easy. And then you, uh, like, 
when goat when you go gets unfrozen he decides to start running around in a circle he does not want to kill you yeah no interest there yeah well okay let's i'll get into my issues with this fight after we talk about what it is he runs around in a circle so you turn into Gron link and you roll around in the circle and you go around in the circle for a while and you try to catch up with him and stab him with your spikes and if you do that enough then he uh, falls over eyeball pops out of his back and then you attack the eyeball uh to kill goat yeah um the difference in the 64 version is that the, the eyeball doesn't exist, but you still just kind of... You stun him and then you wail on him while he's lying down. Yeah, you, you still damage him the same way and he'll still fall over. They just omit the part with the eyeball. It's essentially the same fight. It's like the 3DS version is like slightly tighter. Um, tighter how? In like, as you damage Goat in the 3DS version... Because the damage you're doing is like, you, you know, you can only damage the eye so many times before the next stage starts. And so every subsequent like stage of the fight, Goat gets a new tool where he'll start throwing rocks or shooting lightning or dropping bombs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think you can, some of the damage you're doing to Goat as you're chasing him in the 64 counts as actual damage. And so that okay. gets a little muddier. So the whole thing just feels a little bit tighter in the 3DS version. I see what you mean. Um, but essentially unchanged otherwise. Yeah. It, uh, like, it is fun, but it's a weird, like, if, if you stop and think about what's going on, it's a weird fight. You are harassing the, this goat. This goat is just running around in circles and um the place where you're fighting this goat is just a big donut shaped room like a racetrack well when i say racetrack and i know that the gorons have a culture of racing then like and they add um did you notice in the 3ds version there's like a mural of gorons in this room oh i didn't see that that's cool. Uh, it's it's very very subtle, and it's like too dark to see, um, but you can see it on no clip. I guess like if if we imagine that this was the Goron ritual racing room where they would race against their robotic goat god, um, but then he's been turned evil by the mask of Majora, so you need to race him to death. Then it makes sense, but I've had to do a lot of work to understand what's going on. It's not its not like a normal boss where there's a monster hanging out in the, um, you know, the bottom or top of the dungeon who wants to kill anyone who gets too close. This is just a, a thing that is minding its own business. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. Um. And so, like, analytically, it's not as cool as other bosses in this game. Also, rolling around in a circle for long enough gets kind of boring. Not if you're a Goron. (laughs) I guess. They love that stuff. (laughs) 
but it's not like um, Odolwa where you're like, well, if I don't want to do that, maybe I can try this. Like, you can't just be human Link and camp out with your arrows and shoot him when he runs by. That's not going to work as much as I want it to. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally understand why you do this boss. They really were enamored with the Gorons rolling and made that the same. <laughs> like, like, seriously, like, you're, what do we do as a Goron? Well, you get to roll around. And they yep. did as much as they could possibly do with that. And, and they did more than we're talking about a different on a, on a different episode. Yeah. Um, that's an excellent point. Mission well, accomplished. Mission accomplished. We killed the goat. We got his mask. We ascend into heaven and we meet with the other giant who, uh, does this giant say anything specific we want to talk about? Tattle asks this giant who they are and they just reply guardians. There's not, there's not really much in this text. Okay. Um, and then after you've beaten the, um, dungeon, it is springtime finally in the mountain range spring has returned to the place where uh it was not it was being winter for too long and we'll talk about more of that on the next episode but i think this is time this is the time to say that spring only returns to certain maps and they kind of do it halfway in a way that I find very funny, where uh, the uh, critically, the pathway between Termina Field and the Mountain Village does not change to reflect that you saved this area. So you walk from a spring green area through a wintry area into a spring green area. No, it totally changes. That path? The path leading from Termina Field to the Mountain Village? You're telling me that does change? I am like 100%... I'm like 99% positive <laughs> that it does change. I don't believe you. I thought it did. My memory says it did. I haven't did. checked in a long time. But also, but... it's one of those things that you start teleporting around. You don't need to ever take that path again. Uh, where's my 3DS? Uh, it's not in this room. Well, the problem is, to check, you have to kill Goat, and then... Oh. That's not happening. Sorry, listeners. Maybe this isn't our best episode ever. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. <laughs> um, you know what? Overall, I don't like this dungeon as much as other parts of Majora's Mask. Yeah, uh, I think, I don't know if it's my least favorite, but maybe. I gotta, we gotta see how I feel about, uh, uh, another dungeon that's coming up to see how I feel. Well, on the next episode, let's talk about that other dungeon that's coming up. Well, no, we can't do that yet. We left a bunch of stuff behind in Goron Town. Well, then on our next episode, let's talk about stuff we left behind in Goron Town. Well, all right then. Sheesh. Hey, guys. Uh, sorry to interrupt the podcast. 
But I wanted to real quick check on that thing we were talking about, done of the first day, 72 hours remain. Uh, we're going to go to the, we're gonna fight goat. No, 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 oh no, a cat got in here. Darn it, darn it, darn it, oh no. That sneaky cat, you're not supposed to be in here. Come on, come on. I tricked you again. Sorry, cat. I got this piece of plastic that I tease her with and then she doesn't stay in the room. So let's see. It's mean to trick the cat with the piece of plastic. I'll be nice to her later, but I'm busy right now. I've got important pod work to do. Uh, let's see. So I said that my strategy is to... Um, walk my way up to the thing. Um, I forgot the tune. Here it is. My strategy is to, as Goron Link, oh, poor Bigoron, he's dead, um, is to walk up to the thing. I guess I'm going to like roll some of the way and fall off. That was, huh. It's not a podcast about how I'm good at this game. It's a podcast about how Zach is good at this game. And I watch. See, so there's a snowball, I beat it up, I get a bomb, beat up that snowball, get some arrows, didn't touch the arrows. Will not have those arrows handy when I fight goat. Now, should I have gotten, I'm gonna fall off again. Oh boy. Should I have gotten some arrows and stuff to fight goat with real quick before I started you know, at the beginning of this? No, I wasn't thinking I was talking to you. Get some. Okay. Now we are just going to walk up the um, spiral snow case into the dungeon. Because I will fall off. Pro tip. Um, being in Goron defense mode does not protect you from snowballs. Snowball just beats you up anyway. We didn't talk about this cool fence at the top of the spiral snow case uh, that like prevents you from careening off of the top and falling to the bottom. And then I go to the lair of the temple's boss. Now I'm in the lair of the temple's boss, and there's Goat, the masked mechanical monstrosity, all froze up. What should I do? I'll get some arrows, and some magic that I don't really need. And just for giggles, oh, the arrow thing, the 
pot with the arrows in it recapitulated itself. Uh, just checking for your sake so you don't have to check. Light arrows do not melt the ice. I guess I was thinking like ice arrows would combine and uh, light arrows would combine the powers of ice and, and fire. Um, and actually, where was I getting that idea? That doesn't make any sense. Okay, so the mechanical monster is going to start running around. And I'm going to turn into Goron Man. And... Like, how, how long does this battle take, is the question. Okay. I hit him twice as Goron Man. And now switch to Link, switch to Light Arrows. Put those on X. Shoot some ice arrows at the eyeball. Get three ice arrows in. That's as many as the eyeball can take before it commands the goat that it is inhabiting to stand up again and run around some more. And I see that we've crossed the entrance, so this is... Oh, and one more hit, or two more hits was enough to make the guy fall down again. Three more light arrows. So we've done one point something circuits of the room. And... I got hit by a lightning ball. Is that another circuit of the room? No. I lost some time looking behind to see how far we've gone. Okay, that's second circuit of the room. He always goes around counterclockwise. Or does he turn around if you, like, meet him coming back if you just stop? Okay. Hit him again. Turn back into man. A human man. And that's still not... He's been hit with nine light arrows, which should kill anybody, but Goat is too tough. He says, hit me with ten light arrows, you wuss. That's three times around the track. Goat has to pull out all the tricks to um, make me fall behind, and it's working. All those tricks... Actually, maybe only some of those tricks are necessary. And catch up, and it's got a lot more, like, stun before health this time. Hitting a stalactite over and over again. I mean, you can turn off the podcast, or you could skip to the end, I don't know. But I think you want to listen to me fight goat for... Da, 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 da. I must be really far behind now. Okay, I think that's my fourth circuit. And coming up behind. Gotta get a hit in. That was it. Okay. Now, uh, I'm noticing that, like... Uh, Okay, he landed on his side this time. Oh my gosh! I landed on the wrong side of him. I couldn't 
I couldn't get around him in time to do any actual damage to the eyeball. Goat gets hit a few times, decides to run super fast. Very Mario Kart rubber banding going on. Appears to have stopped while I hit a stalactite. Um, come on! Okay, there we go. And now I'm on the right side, and I'm going to get out my cool fairy sword. And that was enough to murdelate Goat. So check real quick for me how long that took. And where is my exit? Oh, I have to like roll all the way around to the exit. Hit that thingy. And exit the dungeon. Oh, I got an email. So I land in the mountain village, and of course it's green and non-wintry, but the path to, maybe I'll be faster as Goron Link, the path to Termina Field, I am now confirming, is as snowy as I remember it. Zach, you're wrong. It's all snowy. And I also want to say, um, going back, because like this also amuses me, but we didn't managed to talk about it on the cast. I hit the tech type. And come on, Ryan. Da 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 da. Um yes, so this path to I forget what they call this next section, but with all the um islands, you know, and the uh tingle is here. The path to this part of the map, like the transition between maps is still um, snowy. It's like you walk through some, from green through a patch of snow to some more green and then, oh, Goron Fallen Water. Fallen Water again. Not so tough Goron faced with water. Um, yeah, the Goron Village is mostly... Well, yeah, there's a lot of snow still. They, I guess it, they're doing a good job of making it, like, kind of... Like, the the ice... The spell has been dispelled. The ice is melting. The snow is going away. But, of course, it doesn't all go away automatically. And that's cool. Okay. Um, was there anything else? I don't think so. Okay, back to the podcast. <laughs>